I got chills. They're multiplying and I'm losing control because the power you're supplying, it's electrifying. More electrifying than Dianetics and Thetans and auditing and all that mess. I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist and it's something that you have to earn. And because a Scientologist does, he or she has the ability to create new and better realities and improve conditions. But this week's movie predated Travolta's journey into Scientology and predated his journey into baldness. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. It's the first episode of season 14, and we're kicking it off Polly Shore style because we are getting greasy, bro. I am Kevin, joined by Jim. Hey, now. We are very obviously covering a 1978 movie that Jim had never seen. And spoiler, probably wishes he had continued that streak. All right. Double spoiler. I passed out three times trying to attempt to watch this movie. Every time they started singing, I went to sleep. (laughs) Uh, Grease was directed by Randall Kleiser in his directorial debut. Pretty good start as Grease received positive reviews along with a number of award nominations. Kleiser went on to to direct stuff like the somewhat controversial Blue Lagoon, Flight of the Navigator, Big Top Pee Wee. Fuck yeah, Flight of the Navigator. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids and some other things. Grease was first a staged musical going back to the early 70s. Kleiser was able to take some liberties for the movie version, but was mostly handcuffed between the creators of the musical and the film's producers. So they probably hired this guy based on look, you're going to do what we say. You're not going to like... Completely handcuffed. Yes, exactly. Completely handcuffed. He's probably like, do we need the singing? No. (laughs) They need to sing. Shit. One of the film's award nominations was an Academy Award nomination for Best Song, which was for Hopelessly Devoted to You, which actually was written and recorded after the film was wrapped and completed. They had to write basically and film the scene after the fact and it paid off for them. This is a good time to mention that going back 45 years, this movie is unsurprisingly racist, rapey, misogynistic, homophobic, slut shames, and is pro-bullying. We'll mostly navigate around those things, or at least I will. I can't speak on behalf of Jim. Yeah, well, I, I'm not pro any of that, so we're going to stay the hell away from it. Mostly because, A, I forgot about it and it was so crass, I didn't want to acknowledge it. It's an interesting study when a movie remains beloved for decades, despite these sort of issues, as we've talked about separating the art from the artist and how hard that is to do sometimes, but it's different when it's a movie. For example, if you're against Kanye or R. Kelly or Michael Jackson or whoever, you can just choose to not listen to the music. Or if it's a stand-up comedian, Dave Chappelle, whoever, you can choose to not watch. But when it's a movie, it's interesting because, for example, we talked Beetlejuice. Jeffrey Jones, bottom of the barrel sky 
dumb. Oh, yeah. But could you imagine not watching Beetlejuice because Jeffrey Jones is in it? No. Now, in the case of Space Camp, they should have released a family version where they just erased him from existence. Yeah, just do a family version. He's gone. Yes. Yeah, with Grease, kind of a weird thing because it, it did not disappear from history like Song of the South or something. Oh, you know? God, yeah. Just like a movie where they're like, all right, because we've done like Porky's kind of is in the same vein as this where. I mean, even American Pie in American 99. Pie even, yeah. Some of these things just do not age, hold up or age to as times change, but you still have nostalgia for them, I suppose. I'm going to so. ask a dumb quick question and I'm opening myself up to ridicule and whatever laughter that comes with it. Is it called grease because they're greasers? Yeah, like grease for their hair. Okay. So I was going to save that for a moment, but so the funny thing is, is in Spanish, grease translates to grasa, which means fat. Because I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. So the movie couldn't be called Fat. So the movie was released as Vaselina nice. in Mexico. It's my favorite Daddy Yankee song. And yeah, Brillantina in Italy, Spain, and Latin America. So I don't know how that trip. So yeah, grease, like hair grease, you know, because they put all kinds of, basically they put Vaseline in their hair to achieve Brillantina that. and Vaselina. Yeah. Add a little sparky. You got gasolina. There you go. You're welcome. Yes, exactly. Jim Grease was set in 1958, but was Grease the word in 1978? Please give us budget box office news, number ones at time of release. From WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Go! Reese was released on 6-16-1978 to a $6 million budget, and it made $366 million. Uh-oh, three sixes, number of the beast. If only Iron Maiden was in this movie or on the soundtrack. Highest grossing movie of 1978. At the time, third highest grossing movie of all time. It's insane. Sorry you wasted your money, everybody. So, season 14, let's do something different. There weren't movie rentals in 1978. I'm pretty much sure you're locked into three or four channels on a good day. Kick off the EZO. Here's a little flashback heart attack. Flashback, heart attack. Every time I see your so back in 1978, Childrens, you wore the bell bottoms. I came across old pictures of my dad rocking the bell bottoms, tight shirts, chest hair out. Also, we all sat around our Zenith Space System 3 televisions that dad used his bonus, his hard work bonus, to watch Laverne and Shirley, MASH, Happy Days, Mork and Mindy, and of course, the 6 o'clock news. Because <laughs> gather the family around, kids. What's happening in Warren tonight in 1978? And if you were a good boy or a girl that year, Santa would have showed his fat ass up and gave you an Atari VCS, a.k.a. the 2600. Those days, mom filled up gas for only 63 cents a gallon after only spending 40 bucks on the average grocery bill. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. And now you basically spend forty dollars going to Klosterman's, aka McAllister's Deli. You spend forty dollars to get to the grocery store. No shit. These were the good old days. Speaking of the six o'clock news, and on to the news. Twenty twenty, created by Rune Arledge, premieres on ABC, starring Baba Wawa, Barbara Walters. Welcome to America. We've talked about this in the past before. The fifty-first National Spelling Bee, Peg McCarthy. Congratulations. She won by spelling deification. D-E-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. That doesn't seem that hard of a word. Some of these words back in the day. I can't wait if we ever get to a movie for like 1960. The 21st spelling bee, Steve Quinberg spells dog. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be at this rate. David Berkowitz. Boy, I really just, my voice cracked. David. Kevin, David Berkowitz, or as people infamously know him as the son of Sam, is sentenced in New York Supreme Court to 25 years to life where he still rots in prison to this very day. How, what sentence did the dog get who told him to do all the stuff? I heard they put him down. They had to. He was on death row for 20 minutes and then boom, boom to Fido. Yeah. You're gone. Kevin, I did not know this, but do you know David Berkowitz's real name? No. What? How could it not be David Berkowitz? Never knew this. According to Wikipedia, his real name is Richard David Falco. His name could have been Dick Falco. His name could have been Dick. Son of Sam, Dick Falco. Why? Why did he change? David Berkowitz? David Berkowitz. I have no idea. That makes him more maniacal. That you had a cool name like Richard Falco, a.k.a. Dick Falco. Now I'm going to be Dave Berkowitz. All right. I mean, whatever. He's a Falco from Rock Me Amadeus fame. I don't think anybody can confuse him with Rock Me Amadeus Falco. There's no way. Hey, did you do the Falco song? Yeah, and then I murdered all these people on top of it. Dog told me to do it. Somebody who didn't murder anybody and is not a dog. Garfield, created by Jim Davis, first appears as a comic strip. I thought it was longer ago than that. Yeah. 1970, 45 years ago. That's crazy. On to sports. Loves lasagna. He loves lasagna. And so, so does someone else loves lasagna. <laughs> I would say so. I hate lasagna. Lasagna, personally, I, think it's gross. I really don't like Italian food. That's insane. Not the biggest fan of it. And here's the reason why. When I first moved out, it was the easiest thing to make. You just noodles, yeah. done. I think I ate so much of it that I just burn out, burn out. I have Italian food burnout. Olive Garden is absolutely disgusting. Nobody should ever eat Olive Garden. It's not real food. However, in 1978, somebody toted Italian food and sports. His name is Mr. George Michael. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the sports machine. In 1978, here's something. And we're still waiting for people to translate this for us. Here we go, Kevin. England cricket fast bowler Chris Old. Good name. Chris Old becomes only the third man to capture four wickets and five balls in a test as Pakistan dismissed for 164 in first test at Egabastan old five for 70. Sure. What the fuck did any of that mean? I, I don't know. That's what it wrote. That's what it said. Old five for 70, 164, four wickets and five balls. Probably, Congratulations. Probably a blast when you're sitting there having a couple beers and watching it, though. Imagine if we got it and then we could be like, oh, my God. Did you see what Carl Tigbell did? He did four over 50. Fuck yeah, Tigs. You're the man. Speaking of being the man, the Washington Bullets defeat the Seattle Supersonics in seven games to capture their only NBA championship thus far. But they're no longer called the Bullets. 
bullets. They are the Washington Wizards. Should have stayed the bullets. All right. Did, yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, I can't imagine Wes Unseld in a Wizards jersey. Just saying. Yeah. Affirmed. It's a horsey kids. Big horse. Wraps up the triple crown in 78. One of those legendary horses. Affirmed. Barbaro. Sweet Sunday. I don't know what they're all called. Sweet Sunday. Why isn't there a horse just called? It's it's Doug. Go, Doug. I sometimes maybe. It's always these weird names like Sunday's past sweeping silence, or yeah. here is Kathina's last basket. It's well, like when we get rich off the podcast, we're gonna buy a horse and it's gonna be called Murder She Wrote. Oh Murder She Rode. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. That's a perfect entendre. But who's ever gonna walk around and go, give me your murder she wrote? Give me your murder she wrote. You're just gonna call it Jessica, you know, or because it's Jessica Fletcher birthday time. And this is where I would play the Beatles, but I don't know how, if that would be a good idea. Cause they'd be like, you can't play the Beatles. Let's well, screw that. Welcome to the world. Joshua Jackson, AKA Charlie Conway. You know him from everything. Ethan, 78, 78. Wow. Ethan Embry, Kevin, who's Alan Jones. I don't know. AJ Styles. Oh, uh, Uncle Alan. I didn't. That's know that. right. Maria Menunos, or as Howard Stern calls her, Maria Menunos. I appreciate that. Because every time I see her on a fucking movie. Fucking movie. <laughs> Shut up. Frank Lampard, Chelsea okay. legend. Hell yeah. And I love saying it like this because it's the UFC announcer that would do the voiceover. Quentin Rampage Jackson. Menunos is on at the gas pumps. <sighs> when you go, like, if you get gas at Speedway specifically. Yeah, she. He's the gas pump lady. Yeah. Who sits there and watches that? Did I we, hate it. Did we need that? No, I hate it. It's so loud. I can't, I don't, you can't turn it down. Who ever requested, Hey, I'm so bored at this gas pump. I need to watch. Yeah, something. exactly. We Why? have phones. If we really wanted to watch something, just play on your phone while you're getting gas. I don't need Maria Menounos literally watching me pump gas going. <laughs> no. And of course, Finally, in birthdays, a man who used to come to Illusios right here in Warren. It's a Barry B production with Shymark and LeVar Arrington yes. from the Washington Redskins. Sticks. God. Stick City. What Penn, was, Penn State. What was the appeal of like, hey, we got a nightclub. We're bringing in LeVar Arrington. He's, I think he's originally from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Went to Penn State. So that's probably, maybe. I've never heard one kid go, hey, it's a Barry B thing. LeVar's going to be there and Shymark. Yeah. Shymark, Niles legend. You knew him, yes. didn't you? Yep. Mark Tipton? Mark Tipton. Has right. a, there's still a sign on Route 46 in Niles. He was like a state track champion. Hashtag never forget. And then your number one movie in America. We've talked about this on a podcast for multiple episodes. We're probably going to cover it. Capricorn one, number yeah. one in America. Really? Yeah. Nice. Number one. Nice timing. One week. There's Just, always, it's weird. Cause we always have this uh, synergy between our movies. We always do. Unplanned, but we just talked about Capricorn one. Yeah. With Seth a few and, weeks ago. And now here it comes up again. Okay. As this is our second oldest movie we covered next to Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, Andy Gibb, Shadow dancing. The other Gib that I don't think gets talked about nearly enough. Oh, we're going to talk about Andy Gib a little bit later. A Gib is great. We love A Gib. We love everybody. And that's all that was going on. Get ready for some singing. Get the grease lightning up. Summer days. All that shit. <laughs> June 16th, 1978. Carter was in office. Go. So I always love promotional contests, promotional items. This movie, most of the extras were cast from a nationwide contest to appear in the film. Okay. I thought we so, were going to say it was Burger King. 
is Burger King tie-in at Grease Burger King Kids Club meals. Or Arby's roast beef with grease. Yeah, there you go. It would have been good time. Greased beef. Oh. That's a, oh, I just threw up in my mouth. Ugh. You know, I never want anybody to say, hey, baby, you're my greased beef. Hey, greased beef. La, Big Montana. Okay, let's sing the plot of Grease. Let's not. Oh, hey, uh, you seen the ones over there? Yeah. Uh, it's the same old ticks everybody's made. Hey, so uh, what'd you do all summer, Danny, huh? I was hanging around down the beach, you know. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's tough with all those chicks hanging around you. Yeah, well, the only thing that hangs around you, Sonny, are the flies. Hey, right here, putsy, huh? Hey, how was the action at the beach? Oof. It was flipping. Isn't that crazy? I did, I did meet this one chick. She was, uh, she was sort of cool. You know. mean she puts out? Oh, come on, Sonny. Is that all you ever think about? Friggin' A! <laughs> In the summer of 1958, Danny Zuko meets vacationing Australian Sandy Olsen at the beach, and they fall in love. I will give props right here. I appreciate the fact that ONJ was in this movie as her own shoot Australian. Maybe they could not. Maybe she just couldn't do a do an American accent. A- but you know what? I'm glad they yeah. went with it. Excellent. How do you like school so far, Sandy? different. Sandy is supposed to go back to Australia at the end of the summer, likely to never see Danny again. Senior year of high school at Rydell starts and and they they full on like fall in love, like it's their Oh yeah. They make their love vow on the beach and uh she's supposed to go back to Australia. So senior year of high school, first day of school at Rydell High starts with Danny Zuko meeting up with his gang of greasers, the T-Birds. The T-Birds are duty Sonny, Putsy, and Danny's best friend, Kaniki. The twist here is apparently Sandy's parents decide they like America so much that they're going to stay. Yeah. Sandy meets up with the greaser girl click, the pink ladies, which are Rizzo, Frenchie, Marty, and Jan. Danny and Sandy each tell their own groups about their summer love. Rizzo arranges sort of like a blind date slash surprise reunion between Sandy and Danny. The problem is Danny does not appear as the Danny that Sandy knows, like not physically different, but he can't drop the gimmick in front of his friends. No, because then he's a bitch. Yeah, so he blows her off. He brushes her off. Sandy! Danny? What What are you doing here? I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plans. I can't... Well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. What's the matter with you? <laughs> What's the matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you? <laughs> what happened to the Danny Zuko I met at the beach? Well, I do not know. I mean, maybe, uh... Maybe there's two of us, right? Why don't you take out a missing persons ad or or, or try the yellow pages? I don't know. You're a fake and a phony, and I wish I'd never laid eyes on you. Whoa. Whoa. I wonder if she carries silver bullets. Yeah. Rizzo begins a fling with Kaniki, but there's like every character's movie you get the feeling that Zuko has a history with. So weird. So But they just don't hang out over the summer. No. So Sandy starts dating a jock named Tom when, you know, Danny rejects her advances. But she realizes pretty quickly she still wants Danny, not Tom. Rydell is chosen for a broadcast of National Bandstand, which features a dance contest. Thank you, fans and friends and odds and ends. And now for you gals and guys, a few words to the wise. 
You Jims and Sal's are my best pals. And to look your best for the big contest, just be yourselves and have a ball. That's what it's all about, after all. So forget about the camera and think about the beat. We'll give the folks at home a real big treat. Don't worry about where the camera is. Just keep on dancing. That's your biz. Hey, and if I tap your shoulder, move to the side. Let the others finish the ride. Ten seconds. National Bandstand coming to you live from Rydell High School. This is the event you've all been waiting for, the National Dance Off. And away we go with Johnny Casino and the Gamblers. During the contest, Sandy's stolen away. Danny dances with a former fling, Cha-Cha Gregorio, and they win. Fuck, it's so dumb. Danny tries to make it up to Sandy at the drive-in, but takes things too far. Throughout the movie, Kanicki has been fixing up a car. They're going to take that car and race a rival greaser gang, the Scorpions. Look, um, those guys are tough to roll. They don't fool around. You know that, right? You, you, you want me to punk out? No, I'm not saying punking out, but I'm, I'm just... You know what I mean. I... Hey, hey, Danny, uh, we've been friends a long time, right? Yeah. Well, you, you remember the, the, the drive-in the other night? We went and, and the movie, and it was like the duel, and the guy's best friend went with him, and, and, and like, it was, it was like his lieutenant, like his second, you know? Yeah, so? I, I, I thought that you could maybe be my second at Thunder Road. What do you mean? You want you want me to drive with you or, or what? No. Oh. Hey, hey. <laughs> In the uh, Terminator 2 yes. drainage ditch area. Yep. Danny ends up driving when Kaniki gets knocked out. Danny wins the race and Sandy realizes she needs to give up her identity completely and basically to impress Danny because that's the most important thing in high school. Drop who you are. Forget it. The only thing important is that you have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Wear leather, smoke darts. Yeah. On the last day of school, Sandy shows up as a greaser. Danny shows up in a letterman's jacket. Everyone, or it's a sweater, I guess, a letterman's sweater. I got chills. They're multiplying. Everyone is happy. They ponder their future. Danny and Sandy literally fly away in a magic car. I thought they were dead. Let's <laughs> car just drops out. Just of dead. Blows up. They're going to heaven. Uh, characters: John Travolta as Danny Zuko. Henry Winkler turned it down and has regretted it for life. He did not want to be typecast. He jumped the shark literally. But you don't go back from playing Fonzie Two. and Danny Zuko. Yeah. But Winkler will admit he can't sing, Good. so it's probably best that he didn't do it and also he went on to win a ton of awards like in Barry and all yeah. these other things so it's probably a good thing and I would hope the Fonz wouldn't do the over the top John Travolta needed to learn how to fucking walk normally in this movie because every time he walked I wanted to punch him in the dick God. <laughs> Olivia Newton, John, Sandy Olson, Carrie Fisher, Anne Margaret, Marie Osmond, a few others were considered. Jeff Conaway is Kanicki. So he played Danny Zuko on Broadway. Ooh. And so in the Grease Lightning song, Kanicki is supposed to be the one who performs Grease Lightning, but Travolta superstarred him and wanted the song for himself. So Travolta was like, this is my song now because it's Kanicki's car. Yeah. It's so called Grease Lightning. Yeah. So the song should be Kanicki's. Yeah. But Travolta was like, no. 
it's mine. It's mine. Weirdly, Jeff Conaway was obsessed with Olivia Newton-John. They said basically every time he was near her, he was like nervous and tongue-tied. Got a boner. Got a boner. Then he ended up marrying her sister, Rona Newton-John. Hey, that's the closest way to get to her, man. Another note about Grease Lightning is that filming the scene, he was dropped, injured his back, which directly led to him becoming addicted to painkillers until he died of a prescription drug over to 2011. Celebrity rehab. So he died for this movie Uh. in a way. Stalker Channing is Betty Rizzo. She was 34 playing 18. Close enough. Lucy Arnaz was the first choice, but her mom, Lucille Ball, blew it because she called Paramount Pictures and demanded the role be given to Lucy without a screen test. All right. She says, I owned a studio. Don't you know who I am? Desi Lou, motherfucker. My, my daughter's not going to just do screen test. So they're just like, ah, let's save ourselves the trouble. Yeah, whatever. Today, years old, yesterday when I watched this, Lorenzo Lamas is the jock. Really? It's Lorenzo Lamas no as way. the jock. It is. It's Thomas Tom Chisholm. Blown away. That's crazy. Yeah. Because wow. it wasn't even me that brought it up. My girlfriend was like, it's Lorenzo Lamas. I'm it's like, what? A, a blonde guy. Like, yeah, he's a blonde guy. I was like, it's Lorenzo fuck it. It's double L. I never knew that. Way to go. Yeah. So the other one I want to mention, Frankie Avalon is Teen Angel. They wanted Elvis and there's conflicting reports. So there were basically... Well, he was dead. He died before... He's on the toilet. But they also... He was. And they also said that... He's fat. He declined. He said, no, thank you. So Donnie Osmond was also considered... They ended up with Frankie Avalon. So... Ain't nothing wrong with no, Frankie Avalon. that's totally fine. There's a bunch of other people in this movie, but Jim, any actor or actress give a passable performance? Does any lead character still scenes get ready to be surprised okay so through all this minutia of annoying fucking characters and their constant singing i like frenchy oh I, that's my answer it's frenchy gd con is frenchy bye uh i dropped out what do you think of waitressing <laughs> you're too young to know hmm. hey, maybe i could be a telephone operator yeah, I don't think I would like to wear those little things over my ears. God, if only I could have a guardian angel to tell me what to do. You know, like like Debbie Reynolds had in Tammy. What do you think? If you find him, give him my phone number. I don't. The hair thing was driving me nuts because I'm like, does she not know how to properly yeah, dye hair? She doesn't. That's the whole plot of the, the thing. Yeah, but she's adorable. Yeah, I think she's, she's cute. Great. I love the voice. She's also in Grease 2. I'm probably never going to watch it. But Grease 2 is yeah, awesome. At least Grease 2, that's Maxwell Caulfield, right? That's, so it's Rex Manning. It's Rex Manning. And yes, and um, well, I can't turn blanking on it. Uh, Batman Returns. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like it. It's fun. I also have Frenchie. I just think she's great. It's weird how she got the nickname. It's like how she smoked a cigarette. Yeah. Like it's a French blow or whatever the fuck it was. Super weird. Yeah. Okay. Best scenes. Uh, I, Jim, I might have to carry this segment. We'll see. Yeah. But why don't you go ahead and go first for us? Uh, I have none. <laughs> No, okay. I don't like any of this. I'm not judging. This is just not my type of movie. So this was a stretch. Like I agreed. I was like, we should do Grease. I've never seen it. People have talked about it all my life. However, if I have to pick, I'm going to pick a musical segment. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Not knowing how this movie was paced. I thought Summer Lovin' would be near the end of the movie because I mm-hmm. think that's the best one in my right opinion. Right the beginning. That is, I love the song. It's really great. It's iconic. I mean, all of them are. I get it. But there's something about Summer Lovin' and that fucking point that John Travolta does. He hammers that shit home. (laughs) I love it. That's my favorite song. That's my favorite part of the movie. Summer dreams ripped at the seams. 
but But you know what? I'll throw in the diner scene when he, uh, Kinnicky and Rizzo get into it. Oh, yeah. Great. I get stuck with the check again. Give me money. Okay, what is it, huh? What's with you tonight? You got the personality of a wet mop. Don't start with me. Oh, sure, fine. Oh, okay, Eureka. How about I finish with you, huh? Finish this! To you from me, Pinky Lee. Sorry, French. That's really good. So too. there was a uh, hickeys all over yeah, Rizzo's neck, well, and they're real. Yeah, because Jeff Conway insisted that he put them there for real. I'm fucking disgusted. Um, apparently, they didn't have a makeup department. I'm worried about uh, Jeff Conway. By the way, reading all this stuff. So there was another scene filmed where they got in a fight prior to going to the diner because that kind of comes out of nowhere with Big Rizzo time. and and. But I also I like the diner. I like the whole deal. But Danny seeing Sandy with Tom at the diner, which then makes him jealous enough to finally drop the act and approach her. That's like what breaks the ice. This leads to him trying out for all of the sports, basketball, wrestling, baseball, track. not good at sports. No. And it's when he eats shit, trying to jump a hurdle that like Sandy comes running. They rekindle the relationship and this gets him back on the right foot. Are you all right? Danny, talk to me. The least you can do is talk to me after the way you treated me. The way I treated... Sandy, I told you I was sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, good, you're joking. <laughs> you sure you're okay? Yes, I'm fine. So you're still going out with that jockstrap? Well... Well, is he taking you to the dance? Well, that all depends. On what? On you. On me? Yeah. He can stab you. <laughs> It's funny because like with every sport, he like smokes and like yeah. he just, you know. You know, I don't get though, like when he tries to hide behind menus in the diner, when all of his buddies see him, that they don't really give a shit that he's with no, Sandy. They don't. They he's, don't. It's in his head. It is. That he needs to have this but character. I think that's relatable though, because when you're in high school, you know, you, you are like, I remember there was a girl in high school that I went to high school with who I think like we kind of had a little thing, but yeah. I was worried about my what my friends would think because she wasn't like cool or popular or whatever that, that always was in the back of my head and i'm like did they really want me to walk around with this girl and yeah and, and I, I dig her but yeah and like you know exactly well it's like i told you in the past we talked about this when i was in elementary school becky crawford was the white whale i ended up being her boyfriend for two weeks but for those two weeks man i still remember this shit like it was yesterday it was such a badge of honor and then it was she, the opposite of hiding behind menus yeah and then i she broke up with me because somebody told her i called her a slut and i didn't know what that word even meant great yep grease uh, lightning yeah <laughs> It's a real pussy wagon yeah. or a chicks will cream, not spread. Like, still, what? still pretty raunchy, but the, the chicks will cream for grease lightning. Yeah, that's right. National bandstand at Rydell. I'm a little surprised. Cause I thought like you like that sort of thing. So I thought you'd be into the, yes. And no, I, who, what's the one girl's name? The, the woman from empty nest. She went on to be on empty nest. She had a thing for, is his name? Vic Fontaine. Yeah. Marty weird. I, I'm Vince Fontaine. Hey, do your folks know I come into your room every night? Over KZAZ, that is. 
I'm judging the dance contest. I don't think I'm entered. A knockout like you? What's your name? Marty. Marty what? Maraschino. You know, like in Cherry. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that later. Weird. Very, very strange. But I appreciate um, the American Bandstand so analog. National Bandstand comes, you know, Rydell's selected. National Bandstand comes. They're allowing them to dance and stuff and just be on TV, but they're having a dance contest, a hand jive. Oh, hand jive. <laughs> Not to be confused with hand job. And then, uh, yeah, it's just awesome. And all the stuff they're doing on camera, it's real fun. They're showing it in black and white on the little TV as though you were seeing it. And uh, super fun, cool scene. Knicky and, and Leo, the leader of Scorpions, have the worst fight ever. That uh, Leo guy is an interesting looking fella. Yeah. And then I have when, when Zuko's at the drive-in and he tries to take his ring off and give yeah. it to Sandy and he elbows her in the chest. <laughs> ah! Oh, Oh, Sammy, I'm sorry. I... Sandy, um, would you wear my ring? Danny, I don't know what to say. Say yes. Yes. Oh. And he starts, and he almost he loses it. He turns away and he's like corpsing. He's laughing. It's he uses his hair grease to remove the yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's real silly. And um, then he crosses the fucking line. So, okay. Well, if Jim, you don't have anything else, I mean. Nothing. I'm sorry. Man. I fell asleep three times watching this movie. It's bad. I'm sorry. Crazy. It's unbelievable. Hey, this is my second musical I ever watched. It was the Jersey Boys. I got through that. Oh, I we watched. No, we covered another musical. It was um, oh. the Tom Cruise oh. singing into a butthole. I don't count that. Why? It's literally a musical. It's a jukebox musical, but it's a musical. It doesn't seem like a musical to me. It is. Uh, all right. Well. Is there a pool in this one? Does he swim? If he did, uh, he'd fucking drown because <laughs> they need to smoke because you can't get the dart wet because you got a wet dart. You're fucked. Wear a condom. All right, everybody. When you're going in a pool and it's getting very wet, I'm wet in a pool. A weird sort of thing that I thought about watching Grease again is that we have the opening Bee Gees song written by Barry Gibb, not Andy Gibb, as Jim mentioned earlier, of the Ramones. You'll have to go way back in the pool scene archives to understand that joke. Oh, yeah. Andy Gibb of the Ramones. But you have the Bee Gees song in the beginning for the animated sequence. Pray Vince Fontaine beginning your day with the only way. Music, music, music. Get out of bed. It's the first day of school. Don't be a slob. Don't get a job. Go back to class. You can pass. To start the day off nice and fine, I'm gonna play a new old favorite of mine. And then 
Travolta did Saturday Night Fever. I actually think this was, if I'm not mistaken, this was actually completed before Saturday Night Fever, but Saturday Night Fever released before Grease. Yeah. Whatever, however it worked out. Like, in a way, Travolta owes the Bee Gees a lot for his career because, like, Saturday Night Fever, I'll talk about in a minute, it's, like, a lot darker than you remember. It's that soundtrack. It's the so, best. Which made it so popular. The Bee Gees had the biggest album in the world, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. And then it led to Disco Demolition. Yeah, right? it led to Disco Bullshit. Demolition. So Travolta kind of owes a lot of his career to the Bee Gees. Well, but that's a good segue because Travolta went from starring on the TV show Welcome Back, Cotter, lands Saturday Night Fever in Greece. Then he does Urban Cowboy, Blowout, a few others. He's basically red hot from 77 until 83 or so. Then his career falls off a cliff. Oh, in more ways than one. And then then Tarantino convinces him to do Pulp Fiction. So what? You're just forgetting look who's talking? Well, that's part of it falling <laughs> off a cliff. So, following Pulp Fiction, Travolta has a resurgence for the next 10 years or so as a box office draw. And then for the last 12 years from now, I think he's done a lot of, like, straight-to-streaming variety. And commercials. So, with a fascinating career, we're going to be doing a Mount Rushmore of John Travolta. So, Jim, go ahead and give us your first head on Rushmore. I'm expecting maybe two to three of our picks to be the same and then maybe with a wild card fourth we'll see well by far you have to the first one by it has to be saturday night fever without that yes we don't have john travolta he's tony monero yeah again despite all the disco dancing and the bg songs and the iconic dance sequences movie's a lot darker than you remember very dark there's like some crazy stuff in it i grew up playing this record on my parents living room turntable it's so good i can remember pulling this record out you know and putting it on and just listening to like hit after hit after hit it kind of reminds me of, of this a weird comparison but like remember when jagged little pill came out of Lance oh. set and it was just single after single after single after single banger after banger that's how saturday night fever soundtrack was it was just like how many songs did these ugly british men write well it's not just that it's the fact that opening credit sequence is one of the most iconic yeah. opening credit sequence in movie history every time you hear staying alive you want to do that you just want to walk down the street and strut now you just want to do cpr <laughs> okay too fast everyone we need to pump at a pace of 100 beats per minute oh okay that's uh hard to keep track how many is that per hour how's that gonna help you i will divide and then count to it right okay well a good trick is to pump to the tune of staying alive by the bgs do you know that song yes yes i do i love that song <clears throat> first i was afraid i was petrified no it's uh, 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 staying alive, okay. yes, staying yes, yes. alive. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Exactly. Which, when I took CPR certification, they told me that is, in, yeah. you do not do staying alive. Really? They said no. They debunked it. I think they debunked it because they hated hearing everybody say, oh, you mean like that episode of The Office? So I think it was a self-debunk because they don't want to be involved with it anymore. So what is the perfect song now? I probably, I don't know. It's believe, Ironic. It's Believer by Imagination Dragons. I think it's Believe by Cher. It's Believe by share worst song ever okay so i also had saturday night fever on mine okay so my number two face off i have face off as well fucking god damn it sean, sean archer, archer slash caster troy oh that name he gets to play a good guy and a bad guy oh he's so good face waterfalls yep we got to do face off here face off. off the best yeah it's over the top ridiculous such great movie again inspired by eyes without a face so i also had face off 
What's your next one? Broken Arrow. Okay. Let's I, do it. I did not have Broken Arrow. I love Deke. I love oh, so uh, Villain. Hi, Mr. Pitsit. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> Villain John Travolta. I think it's just so great because uh, he had always, obviously he has like shades of early, like Vin Diesel sliced alone. He that, does. That like superstar, like I get to pick. Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Like sort of the whole, like I'm in control of my own character. I don't care whose song it is. It's my I could do what I want. And then when his career falls off a cliff a bit, it's like he gets this resurgence. Again, we mentioned Pulp Fiction. He gets this resurgence. He does Michael phenomenon at some other movies. But it's like the thing he hadn't done yet was play a villain. Yeah, an evil. He a played heel. like an evil dude. And like we've covered Broken Arrow. It's awesome. It's amazing. It is mid late nineties action movies are underrated. Cause uh, everybody always thinks the eighties action movies, mid to late nineties action movies are pretty awesome. And they're underrated. Yeah. So I respect it. I don't have that one. I do have Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. So Vincent Vega, Tarantino had a vision and Travolta obviously trusted him. But the, the nice homage to Travolta is when Vincent Vega has the date with Mia Wallace and they do the the dance. Yeah. They do a dance off. If you get Taren, or if you get Travolta, you got to make him dance. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what his whole career was built on, dancing and then so he gets him to dance and then Travolta then spins out of that into a bunch of other movies. I love the fact that we are now, well, for me personally, it's two main Travolta movies that I've never seen before was Pulp Fiction and then this. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, way the fuck better. (laughs) So my final one is kind of a technicality. So I don't know if it's countable. I don't know who you etch on stone for this when it's somewhere in North Dakota. I picked Scientology (laughs) as a whole. I guess you would put L. Ron Hubbard up there. Because you just, and as weird as John Travolta looks now, he's almost alien. I think he's becoming Xenu. If one were to investigate the alternatives and have a full knowledge of your, your options, then that is the point. Meaning that before you go to use a, something like this, which could be looked, viewed as a Band-Aid, let's say, why not investigate other possibilities? Cruz can't be Xenu right now. He's too notable. Now you got him doing cricket wireless commercials as Travolta. Scientology came out of nowhere for him. And then all of a sudden, everything was just, all right, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And then Battlefield Earth happened. We're going to ignore Battlefield Earth. But I... He's known as being one of the two yeah. figureheads of Scientology, yeah. him and TC. Yep. I mean, come on. I dig it. I so think carve I... L. Ron up on that fucking hill. Interesting. This is going to sound insane, but I don't, even, I don't even know how to pronounce the last name, but James Ubriaco, Ubriaco oh, yeah. from Look Who's Talking. I'm not saying it's good, but this was a portion of his career. This was Scientology to start of, right? It is. It, he is in three Look Who's Talking movies. There only ever needed to be one. There only ever needed to be one. I literally really think they just were like we gotta give this guy something to do and bruce willis's voice yeah for bruce willis's voice i just think they needed to give travolta something to do it is for better or worse it is a large portion of his career it is because the movies and, and let's get into some of these honorable mentions the movies following his resurgence in pulp fiction are not necessarily good no. but they were like box office following pulp fiction he immediately does get shorty white man's burden michael yeah. and phenomenon which i mix those two up all the time same movie phenomenon's the one where he's like becomes a genius but it actually turns out that it's a brain tumor or is it that is. michael 
No, Michael, he's an angel, right? Oh, yeah, he's an angel. Phenomenon, he has the brain tumor. He was in... So, Michael Phenomenon. Orientation, a Scientology information film, playing himself. <laughs> Can we cover that? Let's cover that. <laughs> Let me Is tell you about DVD? my ear beater. Did they put that on Blu-ray as a 4K? It's some sort of Scientology Blu-ray. Um, it only fits, like, it's like Divix. Broken Arrow, I'm not going to count, you know, some of these documentaries and stuff. So, he does Michael Phenomenon, Broken Arrow, Mad City, Face Off, She's So Lovely, A Civil Action, Thin Red Line, Primary Colors, which I think was a big one he was for Clinton, him. Yeah. General's Daughter, Our Friend Martin, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> then there we, here and we then go. And then Swordfish is in there. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Ladder 49 that. is in there. I've Basic. His character in Basic, Tom Hardy. <laughs> That's the name of his character. Nice. But then you drop, I mean, he does like wild hogs. Uh, he does hairspray where he plays a woman, which is a famous role that, you know. Yeah. Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. Which he is does, a remake. Yeah. He does a sequel. No. Is wild hogs and old dogs the same thing? Might as well be. Or is it not? Tim Allen and both. Uh, but then he starts doing these, like 2015, he did Life on the Line and Criminal Activities. Oh. Followed uh -oh. by In a Valley of Violence. And uh oh. I, and I am wrath. We're going into Roblo Walmart checkout line territory. Speed kills. He's in a movie you love called Trading Paint. What is that? <laughs> it's not a home improvement show. I'm gonna be very upset. It's NASCAR. A, no, it's a it, yeah, it's like a NASCAR movie. It's got John Travolta and Michael Madsen and Shania Twain. It's a hell of a triple threat. And man. it's like a wow. father and son Talladega. It's like a whole thing. I, at some point, I'm pretty sure we were gonna cover it because it was on Netflix. So it's Fast Nine. But yeah, he's in a lot of these like Ugh. just exactly. Now he does like um, cricket wireless commercials and he's bald. And bald, with the beard and um, don't look real. man. What I will say, you know, he was actually pretty good as Robert Shapiro in the people versus OJ Simpson. Yeah, I heard he was really great, he was really good, which is weird that he pops up to be good in some stuff. And then, other, and then he's doing these movies called like canister of doom or whatever sponsored by L Ron Hubbard. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's, uh, let's get back in that pool. Summer dreams left in in the sea but <sighs> he does that big moan yeah ah which <sighs> almost sounds cummy the summer I think you spoiled your answer earlier, but critical question. Best song in the movie. Summer dreams. Yeah. I like, um, it's a, it's a solid six. Hopelessly devoted to you. Don't remember that one. You don't remember hopelessly devoted. Fell to you? asleep. Really? I don't ever remember the grease lightning scene. I do like, cause it's a street, it's a street race. They're racing for pink. So it's like fast and furious. They're doing it down to Terminator two thing. I don't remember them ever singing grease lightning. I know it's playing in the background. You had to have I, fell asleep. I must have nodded off. Cause I'm like, wait, they never performed a song. It's just they do. Background music. They do, yeah. They they ha it's like a dream sequence. It's like oh. uh Kanicki brings his shitbox car into the shop class and they have like a dream sequence where they're talking about Travolta's literally singing all of the pieces and parts that are going to go onto the car and they're dancing on top of the car and it's a real pussy wagon. I'll tell you this. Chicks will cream for it. With the four speed on the floor, never waiting at the door. You know that ain't no shit never get lighted. The 
shop teacher, she's pretty fucking awesome. Is that the shop teacher, yeah, the woman yeah. who basically told him to kick Pock Face's ass? Yeah, or, and what's she's there. Face. His name's Leo. Close enough. Yeah, Lee. I think they call him Crater Face. Or Crater Face. That's an yeah. Pock Face. He's Rex Crater. <laughs> Pluto Nash. On yeah, the moon. he's only seventeen. All right, let's. Uh, so someone I would not want to race for pinks, Mr. David McCall. So okay, this guy came up to me and was like, "Hey, Mark, we need you to like really sing." And I was like, "Listen, I'm a rapper, okay? I don't dance, I don't sing. I'll put on Calvin Klein's. I'm looking really good now. I'm like 52, or I might be 47. I don't remember. I had too much burger last night and I had orange juice on. It was really gross, okay? So I bought a 57 Chevy." Me and Donnie from New Kids on Block. And then we went down the street very, very fast. And I was like, hey, I can be in Greece. I can put that shit in my hair. And if not, guess what, kids? Gonna fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Why doesn't Danny see his friends over the summer? He fucking doesn't really like them. They spend the first portion of the movie and the song Tell Me More, you know, uh, yeah. where they're dancing on the bleachers and stuff. It's him explaining what he did over the summer. They're in a gang together, but they don't see each other after the last day of school. It's a school year centric car gang. First off, school we, year centric car gang. We have to really They hang out at Taco Bell and Niles on the corner of 422 and 46. With the day glows on underneath yeah, the car. Uh -huh. They are not in a gang. They don't have guns. They don't have knives. It's just a car club. It's a fucking car I club. I mean, they like each other enough that they have matching jackets. Here's the thing that falls off. They're the scorpions, the rival ones. Yeah. I don't see anything denoting a scorpion, a letter yeah. that has scorpion. We're just assuming they're the scorpions. Don't you think they'd have, they just wear their jackets on a fucking scorpion on it. I get it. They're not Ryan Gosling from Drive, but you need a logo or you're not a true gang. Sorry, you're not. You're a car club. And at that, you're a B-level car club. Who well, does hang out at Taco Bell? I mean, the Scorpions did, though, in order to... They didn't have matching jackets, but they had winds of change and they had rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> so... I mean, it kind of banded them together as a literal band. That's true. Uh, different Scorpions. I'm sorry. One of the funniest things to, about this whole movie to me is that Danny Zuko is the ultimate tough guy. Like he can't do anything in front of his friends that might lead on to that. He's not. It's funny when he sees Sandy, when Rizzo's like, oh, I'm going to get him back. And Rizzo brings Sandy and he's like, Sandy, <laughs> Sandy. All of a sudden his guys come out there. Like, I don't know you bitch. I don't yeah, know. Basically. But so I go to the beach. I don't even know how to fucking swim <laughs> he, Stallone he can't do anything soft in front of his friends but then also he's a literal award winning dancer he is so you can't be soft in front of your friends but you can be the best dancer at Rydell okay here's the thing too ONJ beautiful not yeah. only that she's foreign which makes her even more hot with that yeah. Aussie accent oh my god I can't show that I liked it hey you know Sandy hey no I don't like you I, I don't go beach I don't swim but all of a sudden you'll fucking hand jive like there's yeah. no tomorrow yes. motherfucker Exactly. You can dance like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> Meanwhile, the buddy in your gang who looks like he's 47 with the curly oh, hair. Yeah. You're trying to impress that fucking guy. What's his name? Sonny. Sonny. Sonny looks 49 playing a high schooler. He's 49, divorced twice, six kids. All right. You're trying to be an impressive nature to that fucking guy. Come on. Yeah. And what's the other one guy's name's Paco. The guy with the, the blonde hair is Paco. Kaniki? No, not Kaniki. I know Kaniki. That's Jeff uh, Conaway. The duty. Duty. That's what yeah. the shit one so Come on. Travolta did do the stage musical sometimes and he played duty which is weird right. um but then they they cast him as a lead Danny and Sandy I hate this part 
They break Tom's heart, and it makes me feel bad for Tom Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. Because Danny's like running track in Chuck Taylor's. Uh, He's doing cross country track at Chuck Taylor's. Hopefully he, he doesn't wear those gray sweatpants to a fucking strip club. He sees he sees Sandy and Tom in the bleachers talking. So he really like turns it on. He starts doing he hurdles and hams stuff. Hams it up. And then he eats shit. He falls on his face, and Sandy goes, Danny. And she runs down. Oh, and Danny. Then, and then, meanwhile, like Lorenzo Lamas is just. Laughing at Tom. Yeah. Because Danny waves to her and Sandy's laughing. I'm like, you just left your boyfriend for this other guy and then you laugh at him. When we did see Tom walk around, did he walk around like he's fucking got a load of shit in his pants the entire time? Something needs to be done about this strut. All right. This strut was unnecessary. We get it. You're trying to be Italian. If I was Italian, I'd be heavily offended. And also, everybody in this high school is a 15 year senior. Yeah. They've been seen or they've been redshirted. It's ridiculous. The last thing I want to talk about in logic is when you do a musical movie, you could really like sit here and, and nitpick, but didn't need the music. Marty wanting to bone the judge of national bandstand. Vince Fontaine is nuts. Oh, he literally says to her, gross. Do your parents know I come into your room every night? Uh. He says that to her. It's so strange. And then he's like on TV hugging her and stuff. It's just really weird. Like she, but she wants it. She's like, oh yeah, I, but why I don't think it's necessarily wrong sometimes girls like older guys or whatever just daddy but thing. it's just like she's very, like that older guy yeah. Vince Fontaine but when he does do the uh, TV intro it's pretty cool he's when he does that whole like very uh, Dick Clark very the, good the boss Vic cost thing. oh yeah so uh, what's the legacy of this movie it was oh, spo- God. supposed to have three sequels but those plans were canceled after Grease 2 failed at the box office Grease 2 is awesome there's a song called Cool Rider really cool for yeah. like a better term I'll be holding on tight I like Grease 2. It's still, I think, Tours is a musical. Been pretty beloved for 45 years now. Cult classic. Cult classic for sure. I mean, not just cult because it was the third highest grossing movie at the time of all time. Yeah. Only behind Star Wars and Jaws. That's nuts. Star Wars, Jaws, and Grease. Yeah. So. No Scientology, though. Pre-Science. Pre-Scientology, pre-baldness. Okay. Let's uh, stick around for some plugs. Today, we're going to do the metric system. All right. What's two liters? Rocky. This is two liters. The no returnable, resealable two liter bottle from Pepsi-Cola. It's bigger than two quarts. That's the cheapest way you can buy Pepsi. Pepsi-Cola's two liter returnable bottle adds up to real savings because you get more refreshing Pepsi for your money. And because it's refillable, you pay only for the Pepsi, not the bottle. Pepsi-Cola's two-liter bottle. It's the most economical way to buy Pepsi. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcasts from because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, threads, TikTok, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. We are all over the place, so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime, anywhere. And as always, back to Kevin. Hey, final lap guy, didn't you meet a girl down by the beach or something? Yeah! (laughs) 
All right. So as an extension of plugs, Jim's going to start us off here with a, a quick message. So as this is going on, ladies and gentlemen, we are starting a thing, as you guys know, on our Facebook group, it's called Battle Time. We put one against the other and see who wins. This time, as the tournament is going on currently, it's the movies that you guys have picked. We've put it into a bracket and whoever wins what movie that will be covered as an official episode on this podcast this season season number 14 it's a fun little thing but the big thing is though they're like why isn't this on the main page of your facebook page ah, ah, ah. read the directions everybody this is exclusive to the pool seniors group so go on that group's page on our facebook thing join the pool seniors group ask a couple questions and then booyakasha you are on there vote for who wins later this season your battle time listener's choice will be heard so we did listener's choice before which we took all your suggestions we spun the wheel and made the deal and we landed on legend of billy Jean, yeah which is an amazing movie we'd have covered anyway but Excellent. it just kind of fell us place. into shape so this time great suggestions a lot of things again we would cover we anyway. got a lot but this time i mean you were not taking a chance and spinning a wheel and where it lands this time you're gonna tell us this is an election of sorts you've got it the is. choice if you want us to cover a movie you see vote tell your friends to vote rock everybody the vote. vote rock the vote dan cortez will be there that's right and he's gonna join us for the uh listener subject to change obviously so i want to start we'll get his brother phil cortez there you go i want to start the final app this week giving a movie recommendation to the audience probably something i, I can't really see us covering but uh the nice guys from 2016 directed by shane black starring russell crowe and ryan gosling currently streaming on netflix really fun solid movie fans have been clamoring for a sequel for a few years now and i think everyone's on board but it just hasn't happened yet so i don't know if it's a lack of script well russell crowe is i believe in the midst of filming gladiator 2 because just what we needed 23 years yeah, later i don't know what gladiator 2 would be but no go watch the nice guys i mean i'm a huge fan of under the silver lake with andrew garfield and ricky lindholm and some others are in it under the silver lake nice guys like movies like that if you enjoy them definitely definitely check out nice guys or just go rewatch it i get nothing out of this i'm not a netflix shareholder yeah. or anything but just wanted to share uh something else i wanted to share i've been thinking about a lot and hopefully maybe i'll provide an inspirational message to our audience before we sign off for this episode in the 1970s in ontario canada jim carrey and his family were so poor that they were li living in a van his whole family were living in a van 16 year old jim and his brother they got jobs as janitors and security guards at a tire factory and they were working long shifts. I mean, eight, 10, 12 hour days as like 16 year olds at a factory. That same year at age 16, Jim dropped out of school and continued working at the factory. Basically all while he was developing his craft as a comedian. In an interview with the Hamilton Spectator in 2007, Jim had said, if my career in show business hadn't panned out, I would probably be working today in Hamilton, Ontario at the DeFasco steel mill. When he was young, he would see the steel mills on the other side of Burlington Bay and he always thought that's where the great jobs were. When I grow up, I'm going to work there because that's where all the money is, not realizing the, the brevity of the situation. Regarding his father, Jim had this to say, my father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. So he made a conservative choice and got a safe job as an accountant. And when I was 12 years old, meaning Jim Carrey, when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job and our family had to do whatever we could to 
survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. That part is really what resonates with me. So I'll repeat it. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. I wish it was that easy. Oh, yeah. Because life has so many variables. But at the very least, we should all try to dedicate more time to the things we enjoy doing and less time to the things you hate. You know, I'm not telling everybody out there to quit their job. No, like, I mean, Kevin and I love this stuff. We love doing this show. We still need a job right now. Yeah, exactly. So just uh, hopefully some uh, inspiration. Jim's going to need some inspiration for next week's movie because... <laughs> we're he's never seen it. Never seen we're it. We're going to hopefully get his interpretation and see where he lands with what the he thinks happens. So until next week, everyone, welcome to season 14, Silencia. Back Cotter is the man who plays Barbarino. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Travolta. <laughs> Something she said has stuck in my head and I can't get away Gonna let her in Gonna let her in mm-hmm. Gonna let her in my life You know what I find I find I look at her face and there isn't a trace of doubt in my mind Gonna let her in Gonna let her in